This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that was into blindfolds way before Bird Box made it cool. I'm your co-host, Yvette Dontremont, and here is my lovely co-host, Alice. Alice, how are you doing today, dear? I'm doing pretty okay. You know, I do enjoy a blindfold or two. Who doesn't? A blindfold or two? Like, is that two people kind of roaming around in the dark <laughs> playing a game of who's in my mouth? Kind of, but without Dane Cook. <laughs> that was his one good joke ever. Look, all I'm saying is that actually, have you considered that it's two blindfolds? It's either the two people having sex who are both blindfolded or one of you is blindfolded and you have Dane Cook in the room who's also blindfolded. Oh, I mean, look, we've look, we were all there in the early 2000s when we all metaphorically or realistically had sex with Dane Cook. We we moved past this. Like, Uh, it's. God, it's. I feel like that was a stage in college where everyone was like, we were under this collective hallucination because of the late night studying where we're like, hey, Dane Dane Cook's funny. And then then we grew up. Then we got out of college. Sorry, Dane. Like, I I don't I feel like he inspired so many bros to go into comedy. Is it just me? But for a while, that was the industry. I'll, I'll argue for Dane Cook. I, okay, I unabashedly liked him when I thought it was appropriate to like him. You know what I mean? It's he had a few good moments. By the way, we have a guest today. Oh we'll yeah, I didn't know what I was supposed to jump in, but yeah, who cares? Just Dane bashing <laughs> needed to stop. <laughs> His name is Aiden, and we're when we're talking with him. Either way, go ahead. All I'm saying is that Dane Cook has an audience, and I'm sure people that were our age, people that are our age now, I think are into his kind of comedy the way that we were into it back then, just based on Vine and TikTok success. That's basically short form versions of Dane Cook. And those are the biggest things on the web. So I don't think that Dane Cook was like bad as much as I just think that Dane Cook was a demographic that is now not our demographic. Okay, fine. See, growing up, I was personally more into Mitch Hedberg as well as Dimitri Martin. Those were my two that I really enjoyed. College for you was many years after me. When I was in college, I was, uh, let's see, the people, I was already starting to follow Patton Oswalt at that time because I, uh, my first year of college, uh, fall started in 2000. So it was like half my lifetime ago. Uh, Patton Oswalt, I guess, is why he is at, I guess, his core better comic than like Dan Cook was. You can, I guess you can prove that by the fact that like I was into him then when I was a kid, I was into him now. There hasn't yeah. really been a lapse or anything. His stuff He's has maintained. All, his, his material has been consistently like the, the tone, the quality. I, I've never like I've listened to routines of his that have been like performed on different nights just because, you know, found different audio recording. And I'm like, it's it. I've I've taken basically lessons on how to do comedy from him. And I, I, I hope that I don't suck at it. But, you know, it's like it's been it, it's been uh, amazing to watch his career and watch somebody be this good for this long at being a nerd. I love we it. We gotta stop jerking patting off. <laughs> <laughs> so switching topics for a hot second. So someone sent me a porn the other day and I don't know what to make of it. And I'm realizing that, again, my limits, trying to figure him out still. I thought it was a six minute cum shot. Well, not this time around. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. It was exhausting. It, it was a lot of um, editing at tricks. It was well done. Someone sent me a porn that Adriana Chechik was in where a guy basically takes three ping pong balls, puts them in her anus, and then after the three ping pong balls are in her anus, takes his own ball sack 
and stuffs it in post ping pong balls. That's five balls. That's five balls. Who does this give pleasure to and how and how is this a better way to give pleasure to these people than something less ping pong ball-y? Well, what I found the most interesting was that afterwards he removes his ball sack. He She pops out two of the balls and then he has to dig his arm into her anus to, re, to reach for the third one, which we never see him fully taking out. So I personally think she still has that third ping pong ball up in there. You know, it'd be a fun prank if you had three balls and you labeled them one, three, four, and then you put them in <laughs> oh, and then you took them out. You're like, oh my God, where's number two? You know, it's going to come out as a number two eventually. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes there's stuff on porn where I'm like, this isn't fun for the people involved. This isn't fun for the people who are masturbating to it. I, I don't know who this, this can't is. be fun for the person who set up the six enemas for them beforehand. Like, I don't mean a kink shame, but I, how, who is at home that's like, ah, oh, that's so many ping pong balls. Or you know there's someone out there who's like, you know what? Ping pong balls aren't big enough. And then, you know, they're encouraging, let's do tennis balls. Let's do magic eight balls. Do you become a human magic eight ball if you stuff a magic eight ball in there? Only if you can be shaken upside down. Yeah, if you twerk. Ooh. All signs point to yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think someone who's got a got, got good twerking, that's a good point. If you are a decent twerker. I feel like there is a thing about porn where like the conversation around it is like, ah, oh, does it ruin the way you have sex in real life or whatever? But whenever I'm watching porn, the only thing I'm thinking is like, that's not happening to me in real life. Like, <laughs> like porn's like science fiction to me. Like, I'm not going to, a standing 69, am I a Jedi? Like, how, how is that going to happen? Aton, one of the things I love and one of the reasons that we're having you on the show is not only are you a comedian, but you wrote a porn. Yeah. And he wrote a porn parody of one of my favorite Broadway shows. I came <laughs> up with the Hamilton. I came up with Hamilton, the Hamilton porn parody. I wrote the first draft. I came up with the title, some of the script, um, and yeah, and the, I'm sorry, some of the story. And then Wood Rocket kind of took it from there and uh, made their magic happen on it. Yeah. Tell us more. Oh, you can't just leave it there. Yeah. We want, just talk at us. Tell us more. So a couple of years ago, I was an entertainment writer for a website called Elite Daily. So what that meant was that for like two or three years, I wrote like three articles about the Kardashians a day. Loved it. Like, I love that family. They're, like, business experts and, and industry leaders. Everyone's, like, crappy about and you're them. you're not being sarcastic. Oh, no, I love them. <laughs> I've been to a few meetings when I was when I was still pitching a TV show, and one, one of the producers I met with worked on one of the Kardashian shows. He's like, yeah, you'd get along great with Chloe. You two. And I was like, what? This is the weirdest thing that's ever happened in my life. I am not. I'm currently not on Team Chloe. I do not. I'm not a big Chloe fan, to be completely, of the family. I love, I love, I have a ranking. I could rank them, but Chloe is not on the top. She's, uh, yeah. But yeah, I've been told, same thing. I've been told they're really, really hard workers. Yeah, so. they're incredible industry people. I, that show is not that great. And it, I mean, it's gotten better, but the, you know, it shouldn't have been around past the first couple of seasons. And the fact that it not only has been around, but has maintained popularity is just like a testament to their marketing kind of prowess. Also, people are shitty that everyone's like, oh, Kim's a millionaire because she did a porn. She's a slut. I'm like, no, she's a millionaire because OJ killed his wife and her dad was the lawyer. Like, OJ killed his wife so effectively that his lawyer's kids got 10 seasons of unscripted reality. Like, that's 
amazing and should be applauded. They were already doing okay if they were living in Brentwood and were the, on the law t- the legal team for O.J. Simpson. Exactly. Just, just a guess. So when I was covering them, like if I put Kardashian in a headline, it would get like millions of views. To give you some context, uh, we had at the same time sent a reporter over to cover the Syrian refugee crisis. And uh, when he came back, he was just yelled at for wasting money. So, Oh, no. Oh, my God. Media 2018. Mm. Do we, we have to, and unfortunately, this is a podcast where we have to use sex to cover political issues. We have no way to make Syria fun and sexy. Sorry, we got, we got nothing on that. Okay, so go into detail for us about Hamilton. And by the way, there better be daddy role play or else I'm going to be so disappointed. Oh, well, there was, the Skylar Fisters are in there. They're the, the Skylar Fisters? You know, the Skylar Fisters, the Fisher Sisters. So, okay, so while I was at Elite are Daily. They, are they both playing two roles too? Uh, ooh, or are man. they all three of them playing two roles? No, I think they only play, they play half sisters. Got that's fantastic. Yeah, it's Missy Martinez, who is, I don't know if you've seen her Twitter. Her Twitter is uproariously funny. Anyway, so, okay, so I'm at Elite Daily. The articles are doing super, super well. So that enabled me to work with their video team. And the video team shot a three-part, like, mini doc series on me where I did three weird jobs. The first job was that I embedded with the paparazzi for a week, which was terrifying. Literally, one day, one day we uh, hopped a curb, uh, almost hit a kid, Trying to get a picture of Cara Delevingne. For fuck's oh sake! Like the third lead in Suicide Squad, and we almost murdered a kid. Oh my god! Yeah, that whole week was just like forty-year-old dudes looking at me and going like, "Like Hayden Panettiere's at a Jamba Juice. Let's roll!" Like, like it was war. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Maybe the three worst things I've ever heard were, were outside of Ariel Winter's house. Ariel was just like 18 at the time. Seven in the morning. We're waiting for her to leave her house so we can follow her. So while we're following her, we lose her. And the guy in the front seat turns around and goes like, ah, oh, yeah, we, we lost her. Uh, don't worry, though. I know where Vanessa Hudgens lives. And then we just drove to Vanessa Hudgens' place. Oh, my God. And then he said the second thing, oh. worst thing I've ever heard. He said, you know what's great about Vanessa Hudgens' house? It's a block. It's like down the block from Elle Fanning and Dakota Fanning's house, and it's a one way, so I know where everyone comes and goes from. Oh, this is horrifying! And these are all like youngish women that they're. Oh. And then, God. and then, uh, the worst thing I heard was that so we were doing an exit interview, and uh, the guy goes, "You know, the celebrities they know that I'm not like chasing them because I'm a fan of them. I'm chasing them because you know it's my job. So most of the time, they're gonna let me get the shot." But, and this is a quote, but if they want to be a bitch about it and not let me get the shot, like, I'm going to get the shot. Just, that's from the paparazzi. And if I can just give you the the spin on this, where you may not feel as bad for the paparazzi as you do. I'm a writer. I'll probably understand it at least a bit. The entire time I'm there, we were getting text messages from PR people who were like, my client is going to oh, be damn. here. So, <laughs> the reason why we know where Ariel Winter oh. lives is because... Some PR person probably told a paparazzi where she was going to be, knowing full well the paparazzi follow the celebrity's home. So, like, who's wrong here? Like, who is wrong? I hope to God that you and I never become voice famous, I guess, enough that we have paparazzi. That would be weird. 
having 300,000 oh. followers has made me feel like my privacy has been invaded enough. Well, the, Kylie Jenner had problems where she couldn't upload. She, her, her Snapchat strategy had to change. Like, she couldn't upload stuff. People before. would figure out where she was. Exactly. So what she did was that she would have, like, she would upload after she would leave places and stuff like that. Like, there was a lot of, like, weird precautions that need to get taken because of the paparazzi. Okay, anyways, that was the paparazzi. Second job I did was I was in Ringling Brothers Circus for a couple days. Uh, I ended up in the performing at the Staples Center with them. Uh, the only story I have from the, the circus is that they called me up and they go, do you want to do an article on how we don't hit the elephants anymore? I'm like, no, uh, I want to join the circus. And they were like, okay. So I go to the circus. It's a studio in Tampa Bay. I get into the studio and everyone is smoking hot. <laughs> The circus is full of hot people who are in incredible shape. There's, like, dudes on, like, curtains and, like, doing trapeze and stuff like that. It's like the Olympic Village. It is literally like the Olympic Village. It's like Cirque du Soleil only with elephants. Yes. One of my friends, she actually eats fire, and she's amazing, and she's gorgeous. So when I'm there, the whole time I'm like, everyone's got to be fucking, right? Like, everyone <laughs> like everyone here is hot. So the whole time I'm with, I'm with the clowns. The clowns are the hottest ones of them all. I'm like, uh, you know, you guys have, like, everyone's got to be hooking up here. They're all like, oh, it's a family organization. We can't say anything, blah, blah, So, but the video comes out. One of the nurses from Wrangling Brothers emails me and goes, hey, we love this video. Thanks so much for doing it. I'm like, great. Listen, I'm not writing any more articles about you guys or anything. Like, are you guys having sex? Like, what's what's happening? And she was like, listen, our family organization, I can't say anything, but we fucking. So, <laughs> so just know that everyone in the circus is fucking. We should watch circus porn eventually. Oh, clowns. Like, just like the clown car, you know, how many people could fit into a car? How many people can fit into a lady? <laughs> After wow. the clown mask in, in Night Dreams, I, I, I'm... Oh, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll watch it. I'll go there. I'll do this for you. I'm not sure if I'm saying this to you, Alice, or to you, our listeners, but I'll, I'll do it. I'm just saying. I was on college radio, and in college radio, they one time showed us a porn where it was like clown porn, but the difference was where like clowns were treated as their own like race. Like That's the thing about clown porn. Like It's like regular porn. It's just like, instead of like black or white, it's just clown. So there would also be these weird cutscenes in between like the scenes. So one of the cutscenes was just a clown in a suit. It's black and white. He's at some big oak desk and he's smoking from a huge cigar and he takes a drag of it and just puts it out into a watermelon and that and then it goes to the next scene. And there's no re- it's not explained why that happens. I- so how does this lead into Hamilton? So Hamilton was the third thing that I did. So the third thing was I got to pitch to a porn company. We pitched to Wood Rocket. Wood Rocket is famous for Stroke Amon and Fab to the Future and Ask Adventure Time, the, the Criterion collection of porn. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Leroy Myers, friend of the show, who retweeted us. So oh, we're going to yeah. call him a friend of the show because we hope he's going to be on. Please, Leroy, be on. We know you're It's you an aspirational friend of the show. <laughs> aspirational. Yeah, he's great. I, he, Stress on the ass. <laughs> got a great butt. So we went there. They they really did a great job with the part. Like, so we went there. It came. Uh, we pitched to them. I came up with the name. He was like, this is great. The funny part about the story is that after we go over there to, to write it and we film this doc we go back to elite daily and the porn itself gets caught up in like development hell and elite daily gets bought by bustle and fires everybody so we i had yeah so we like so we grab the video kind of and at that point i'm like okay like i guess it's never gonna happen it was like this cool thing but when we announced 
Hamilton was coming out, it was, like, this major moment in, like, media. Like, Weekend Update made a joke about it, and, like, the Pulitzer Prize people tweeted about it. New York wow. Magazine covered Like, we were getting, like, legitimate press when it came out. For a porn. Exactly. It was, like, I, I do not remember a time where it was such a... Prena- Maybe Stroke came on. But I, someone who had covered... Nail and Palin got a lot of press, Nail and Palin got just, a lot yeah. of press. Yeah. The issue was Nail and Palin was pre-digital media. Oh, was yeah. Was a problem. Oh, true. In a way, stuff wasn't going viral. Like, Facebook wasn't around in a way. Yeah, I mean, it was it was 07, 08. So, I mean, it wasn't, like, quite how things... Like, the, the internet as it is right now is very different. Yeah. Nail and Palin would have gone viral had it come out in the digital... In, more towards digital media. Like, BuzzFeed and, and you know, Elite Daily were where it would have for sure covered something like that. Anyway, so then I think it's not going to happen. So a couple months after Elite Daily ends, I get a message from a friend who was like, hey, a friend of mine was hired to do the music in uh, Hamilton. I was like, oh my God, it's back on. And I call the guy who runs the company and I go, hey, uh, you know, this is, I call Leroy and I go, hey, like this is, is it happening? Is it like this? I thought it wasn't happening. And he goes like, yes, it's, I'm in the studio right now. Uh, We've been emailing you. Where have you been? And I go, they shut off my email. And he was like, yeah, but we've been tweeting at you. And oh, I've no. never seen a tweet. Which do you think that? He's been tweeting at some other Aton Levine for a couple weeks. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. That guy must have been very confused. Like, also, it's a pretty Jewish name. So I'm willing to bet some rabbi in, like, Minnesota is, has to explain to his wife that he's not in the porn industry. So it ends up coming out. We have a viewing party in New York. We end up raising, like, 170 bucks for Puerto Rico as like a nice part of the charity. The joke was that whatever the last charity Lynn tweeted about, that was the charity we were going to donate to. So we raised money for Puerto Rico. It comes out a couple months ago. I find out that Hamilton was nominated for four AVNs. One of those AVNs was best clever title, which makes me nice. an AVN award nominee. Yeah. Which is yeah. the proudest uh, thing I've ever had. <laughs> Although your mother wasn't the most proud. No. Uh, I think she said Aww. something to the extent of she'd rather you join ISIS than have written this. Yeah. What? When we, so we were filming. So I, I, we, I, we interview her where I, so we, we film the scene where I call her and I'm like, Hey, like I'm going to write the porn. And she goes, no, you're not. And I'm like, I'm going. She's like, we're an Orthodox family. Your sisters are never going to get married. I would rather you join ISIS than do this to my family. Aww. So, they're not the biggest fan Aww. of this, you know. I, I I like to make the point that I'm not in porn. You know, this was like a very You're fun. You're porn adjacent, just yeah. like us. Yeah, exactly, yeah. porn adjacent. This is a very funny comedy thing. Anyway, so so you know, the, when we found out about the AVNs, it became an opportunity to uh, go out there. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing a four-year consideration campaign to try and win the uh, award for best clever title for Hamilton. You're making sure it's Oscar bait or at the, be it the case. It's, it's a, uh, well, we're trying bait. Yeah. We're trying to like make it cause to, you know, like those four year considerations. So we have a bunch of like w- random stunts we're doing like uh, next week. DKS donuts in LA is going to be offering the Hamilton nut. Oh this is the, uh, <laughs> exactly. That's still being confirmed, but that's, we're pretty sure that's happening next week. We're going to be, uh, this is like unofficial, but still trying to confirm, but we may be putting up a thing at the uh, Erotic Heritage Museum. We're going to be having a pop-up exhibit go up there about Hamilton uh, that is still being kind of like fleshed out. And there's like a bunch of stuff that we're going to be doing over the next couple of okay, weeks. Okay, why is Lynn Men well, uh, Miranda, not helping you guys with this marketing campaign? That's my question. Probably because he's in Puerto Rico right now uh, raising money for Puerto Rico. Okay, I, we know that's important, but we have a fine 
finite window. I've been calling myself Skin Manuel Miranda for the past couple of months. That's my porn name. I can I can see Skin Manuel Miranda. Is there a better name? I've been I've racked my brain over it because I can't call myself Hamilton. There was a Hamilton that was uh, Tommy Pistol who was mm. great. Question: Did you keep the name John Hancock in the porn? Because I hope you didn't change that. Hancock never made it in. It was Aaron Boner for Aaron Burr. Okay. Uh, George Washington, I think, made it in. Uh, Queen Horge, the Schuyler Fisters. I don't, and I think that was it. I think that was it. Yeah. I mean, that's most of the cast. I think that was it. What's really exciting is that for the for the uh, For Your Consideration campaign we're doing, remember the song Friday by Rebecca Black? Yes. Are you Please tell me you're working with Rebecca Black. Uh, we're working with Clarence J., the guy that wrote Friday. And oh, my God. What's behind. Great. He's making an anthem. Oh, my God. Yeah. we're. Uh, I'm actually wow. finishing the lyrics today, and we're sending it over, so he's going to be making an anthem for what we're doing. Uh, he's super insanely fun. And, uh, yeah, it's been a journey. This has been – there's a lot more stuff that's happening that we're still confirming and we're still kind of building up. But like over the next couple of weeks, there's definitely gonna be some fun stuff happening with us. Well, when we release this, it's going to be the same week, actually, that uh, we're going to be going to the AVN Awards Show Expo and AVN Awards. We're going to be at the uh, AVNs. We're going to be. Yeah, you and I are going to meet. Oh, we have to meet finally. What's cool about this is that we're the only documentary crew that is being allowed on the AVN red carpet, supposedly. Uh, which is a big honor. The AVNs have been nothing but helpful to us. We're super excited to kind of go over there and film some great, great stuff. What's good about that? I mean, like, listen, there's very, I, I, I'm a Jewish comic producer, journalist from New York. I'm not, you know, in, uh, you know, I don't really, uh, I'm not familiar with this world so much. So I'm very excited to go over there and kind of cover it in like this earnest, like, Oh wow, this is kind of fun kind of way. Uh, it's going to be your first time. It's going to be my first time. It's going to be fantastic. So. You guys can break all yourselves in together. Huh. Like a leather glove. I'm going to cover myself up in lanolin. And show. <laughs> That's an inside I baseball. I mean, I've broken That's... other things that are leather, so. Uh, That'll be popular with the leather people. Is is lanolin a, a you got to do, do people in the leather community use lanolin to like soften stuff up? That's so funny. I never thought about that, but there are it's i dated a latex guy a while ago they do have like very special things that they use to keep their latex condition so sure there is for leather people too i feel like there has to be those people that are like you know bdsm people who are also like treat your stuff with respect like the marie condas of the leather community (laughs) i wonder oh now i have a i have a vision for this horrible comedy uh sketch of like a, a kinkster with like a ton of stuff having uh, their house Marie condoed, but I need the four floggers. They're the same. No, you don't. I'm just, I have this vision. Marie Kondo is just privileged hoarders. Like that's all <laughs> this, this show. I saw like a clip and what was she doing? Like trying to like pray or something in the middle of the house, like closing her eyes. I just, uh, just being one with the house. I just, I, I don't really, I'm not into this. I mean, it's inspiring people to clean their shit, which is, pretty nice i i guess i don't like how she calls it the con mary uh like method or whatever because that's just her the name word backwards con. like the it, word con is right in there thank you i feel like i'm the opposite of marie kondo like that's what i i would make a show that's just me defending all the hockey jerseys i own like <laughs> That would be my version of Marie Kondo's show. The way I look at things, like, I'm like, if I've used it within the last year and have legit reason to believe I will need it again and or it is a valuable uh, thing, like, I'll, I'm going to fucking keep it. Like, don't 
Don't make me throw out my books. Thank Marie. you. I'm put. I got. I hoarded all these books with pride. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Here's, here's the experiment that's happening. I'm putting this Marie Kondo is just privileged hoarders up on Facebook now. We're gonna see how much. <laughs> By the end of the show, let's see what happens. This is amazing. Although, again, I would love to see if I mean, if you need something else to produce, just do the version where we take Marie Kondo. Bring her to someone who hoards sex toys. And we can turn her into a dominatrix who makes you throw out the, the sex toys. And then you're down to just two, a flogger and a Hitachi. That's all you need. What's the name of her show? Tidying uh, Up? Uh, the Life-Changing Joy of Tidying Up or something like that. Or just Tidying Up, I think. What's the porn version of that? Tidying Up? Tidying Up. Um, tidying tiddying Up. Tidying Up. Tidying up. Or it could be an all-lesbian special, Tribbing It Up. There it is. Tribbing Up. There she is. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, I'm sloppy and a hater. Uh, (laughs) That's how I feel, too. (laughs) We're writers. We thrive in chaos. Thank you. We actually, so we reviewed a porn this week because uh, we're not only going to discuss your porn, which you wrote, produced, edited, all that fun stuff. So I didn't, I wasn't involved with the print. So what's good was that I came up with the name, I came up with the story, I came up with the first draft of the script, and then I handed it over all to uh, uh, to Wood Rocket. Wood Rocket took it from there and made, you know, magic out of it. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's great. Definitely. Yeah. Now that I know it exists, I'm on top of that. So, Aton, today we're reviewing actually your favorite film, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is my favorite film of all time. It holds up. I'm the biggest Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd fan. So, Ghostbusters is my number one. But this ain't Ghostbusters Triple X. So, slightly different. A little bit more sex, nudity. I don't think we saw that in the original. About the same runtime, I will say. It's like a whole two hours, the porn version. Oh, definitely. And I want to be clear that there are three different Ghostbuster porn parodies. There's Sexbusters that came out in 1984, which was completely horrible. Don't even call it a spoof because it was just trying to capitalize on the success of Ghostbusters at the time. Nutbusters in 2009. Only two sex scenes, not even a plot. It's like Gatekeeper Day. And then Keymaster and Lewis. And then there's this one. Amateur hour. Yeah, it really was. See, this is why we we really do value the plots in these. We're we're looking for production values. We want to know somebody put effort and love into the writing between the humping. I, I will say the one that I watched was it really blew me away. It was like way better production value-wise. The plot was was, you know, had had a plot which was a little bit shocking to me. Well, it was more than just like a means to an to a se- I mean, it was means to sex, but it was more than just like they walk in, they say four words, they have sex and then they leave. Like it was, you know, there was like an arc. There was acting, not Oscar worthy, but I mean, better acting than I think anyone who's unfamiliar with these parodies would expect from a porn. It was as good acting as any Christmas movie on Netflix. Or Hallmark movie during Christmas. Anything I've ever seen on Lifetime. Mm hmm. And I don't mean with that the smidge of, of sarcasm. It was as good as Hallmark acting. I say this as a throwdown. It's better than everything on Fuller House. Wow. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Get- I don't disagree. I actually might even argue that 
this porn parody had better acting than Fuller Holes, the porn parody of Full House. Fuller Holes, fun fact, was actually shot on the same set as Hamilton. Did not know that. Fun fact, Fuller Holes, also the name of uh, John Stamos's and Bob Saget's porn that they secretly wrote, I guess, that we'll never get to see. Is this true or not? Because No, that, it's absolutely not true. I'm sitting here thinking that could actually be a thing given how filthy Bob Saget is. Yeah, Bob Saget would totally make a Fuller Holes cameo. Oh, yeah. Cameo. Like, I mean, he it's it's... Why wasn't he consulted for that is a better question. He may have been, for all we know, and just didn't put his name on it. It did come out. Hamilton was announced around the first Fuller House uh, reboot. I will say that. Oh, man. They're cleaning the jizz off the couch one day and <laughs> filming. Uncle Jizzy. And, and filming, oh, my Lanta, the next. It was, uh, the, it was Uncle Jizzy. And then there was. Um, Aunt Fucky. Aunt Fu- oh yeah, I'm fucky. Uh, the phrase was "have pussy." Oh my god! Instead of "have mercy," it was so yeah. bad. We had so many issues with the continuity in that one because that was one that, unfortunately, they broke it up into segments, and there was no order. They even in the promo for Fuller Holes, what was so disappointing was that they had like the Biatch Boys, their porn spoof on the Beach Boys singing, and we didn't see that in the porn. And I wish we saw it in the porn. My- I'd want to see a Biatch Boy. My biggest issue with the continuity was the scene where the Stephanie character, who was called Stuff of Me, of course, uh, she was getting fucked. Where it was just a random Uber driver who came in and fucked her. But oh, and called her clamshell. Yeah, he called her the nickname for Michelle, like or the you know the pseudonym for Michelle. I'm like, what? Well, how how do you fuck that up? How do you not just go, wait, we have to go back a few seconds. I know she's going to have to masturbate for 30 seconds more and this might take effort, but we need to reshoot this one thing. Like somebody can stop the the should it. Why didn't it? Why? I like the idea of you like almost being finished while watching this and being like, wait a second. <laughs> This is part of why we started this podcast, because I would make these comments watching part with my husband. <laughs> and he's like, Yvette, the mood. But that, but if I could just take it back to Ghostbuster, this ain't Ghostbusters, a parody, did not have that issue at all while watching it. It was pretty good. So let's start from the very beginning, because I want to start breaking this thing down. There were things I loved. There were things I hated. There were things I wish I put in. So let's start actually with the library. So there is a classic scene where, you know, in the original Ghostbusters, you have the old librarian going through the halls and then you have, you know, the uh, reference cards like flying out of the shelves, the books being moved from uh, by a ghostly hand from like one stack to another. And then, you know, the scream and then the intro. And they did the same thing, except with a slightly different actor. Yeah, it was there was it was a huge reveal. So they showed they they mapped the first couple of shots the same as if it was in Ghostbusters, uh, except the difference was that the big reveal was that it was Ron Jeremy. Yeah, I went back like and, and rewound the first. I'm like, did I miss that they showed his face earlier? Nope, nope. Well done. No. Well they done. keep it hidden. And then so you just see the the cards going up and everything. And you also you also see the books, you know, levitating across the stacks. Great production value. You see, I have one piece of contention with this. I think that Ron Jeremy has spent a career being prepared for having things ejaculated at him. So I think he would have been fine with the index cards flying. I personally was uh, really excited that they had Ron Jeremy just because he, uh, so fun fact for the audience, 
Ron Jeremy was in the original Ghostbusters. He was an extra in the explosion scene. So I don't know if the director knew this before they cast him or if they cast him because of that. Regardless, I kind of loved it. I'm sure it came up on set. I'm going to guess they went for it mainly because he's Ron Jeremy, but I'll take either reason. I'm good with either. I like uh, the fact that the IMDb for this is full of nice facts like that. So uh, we have the logo. And actually, uh, what was really interesting was I i don't know if you guys listened to the song for this ain't Ghostbusters, but it was actually a really well done song. And guess who the composer was? Yeah. Harry Nutsack. That's the that's the name that's credited. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, it's I, I prefer his German conductor uh, scores, but, you know, this will do. He also did the music for the Jeopardy porn. What's the Jeopardy porn lyrics? I, I haven't watched it yet, but there is a Jeopardy porn. Does he put lyrics to the to the Jeopardy song? I don't know. I'm going to have to learn to hum that one when I'm wait on hold now. Is there, there, is there a joke? Did someone do a thing about putting lyrics to Jeopardy's theme song? Because that's kind of funny. Look, all I'm saying is someone's thought about riding Alex Trebek's mustache. Hopefully they deliver. Alex Trebek's a sex symbol. I think a lot of people know this. <laughs> so back to the porn. So we open with the paranormal studies uh, studies laboratory at the university as Dr. Peter Venkman, played by Evan Stone. He's administering the ESP test to college students. But the movie doesn't tell you that it's a paranormal studies laboratory because the movie doesn't tell you much of anything. In my opinion, the biggest fault is that large chunks of the story are missing. So sure, people who've watched the original Ghostbusters already understand and know what's going on but in my opinion look as a purist you shouldn't have to watch another movie in order to understand the story in another movie that should never be a requirement i agree with that i have a point of contention with this i think that just from the structure of the movie because they've already established that we are in a universe with ghosts it is a normal uh nay natural thing to assume that we are in a place where they are are playing with paranormal powers so when we go to a building where someone's playing with these psychic powers it's not uh, an unnatural assumption to go, oh, this guy is in the same universe and field that we just came from. So I think that we don't need to know that. I actually want to split the difference and go ah. in the middle and say that I think that it should be a movie where you don't have to watch the what it's based on in order to get fully. But at the same time, you definitely have to like wink to the audience. And I think that it would have been like a two sentence fix. It would have made the scene smoother. Exactly. That's all I wanted. So Peter, he's administering his test just like in the original film where no matter what the gal answers, she gets it right. No matter what the guy answers, he gets it wrong with an electrical zap. He, just like in the original, storms out and leaves. I wish he repeated the original movie line. You know, it's pissing me off, but whatever. So for me, I'm a comedian. There's sketch, you know, like I read sketch stuff like that. From just that perspective, it's very interesting where they just took like they were moments there were key moments in ghostbusters and they literally just made sketches like adult sketches out of it which was like fascinating where it wasn't like the plot wasn't really important in regards to that sketch in regards to that scene with the with the guessing the cards but they were like oh what would be a funny version of this and they just did the funny version of it and then eventually you know the, the scene to- 
somehow bumped into an opportunity to fuck a ghost or a secretary. Let's be honest, in the original film, Peter Venkman definitely wanted to get it on with the college student in the porn he does. Which is a nice... But I also like to think Bill Murray in that movie was fucking anyways. Like, that's his his thing, was that he was smooth and was fucking a bunch. Bill Murray was highly fuckable in that... Well, Bill Murray's highly fuckable. Let's just let's just leave it there. So in that scene, it like evolves into him fucking that girl. What's her name? The actress is Lily LeBeau. Yeah, that was it. Did the character get a name? No, I think she was just the, you know, hot college student. But what I love, let me talk about Evan Stone for a quick sec. I have to say I kind of liked how he played Peter Venkman. Yeah. I was impressed. He was he was a fairly good, I don't want to say Bill Murray surrogate, but like he played it with a Bill Murray feel and it it worked. It was great. It was like if Kramer was doing Bill Murray. <laughs> or like Dave Coulier was doing a Bill Murray impression. Yeah. It was like there. Like I definitely saw what he was going for. It was a, a valiant effort. I felt the character. Like there was the comic timing was there. And it's like, I think that's the hardest thing to to nail in these. I think you either have grasp of comic timing or you're just saying words. And he nailed the comic timing. It was great. And we go into our first scene between him and the college student. I have to say, good use of a ruler. So he uses it to spank her a little bit. So my thoughts on the ruler, I had contention with his ruler technique. You need to kind of keep applying the ruler in like in circular motions and change the location and the intensity and how hard and how soft you're, you're, you're paddling. I think just kind of these sporadic thwacks are not the proper application of a ruler. That is my, that is my I would say experienced uh, suggestion on ruler usage on a bottom. I did not know that. This just became like whiplash where you're just like that. You're like, time. <laughs> I want people to, uh, if you're into thwacky things, I want you to enjoy them responsibly and in a way that is best designed to, to amplify pleasure. I like the idea of, of spanking someone and then seeing cartoon letters thwack come up. <laughs> Batman. It's funny if you go to if you check out the BDSM universe like thwack thud and like smack like all those different little terms like those are like re- like people really use those as like tight descriptors of their toys. It's amusing. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I'll say one last thing before we move on to the next scene, which is enthusiastic blowjob on her end. Well done, Lily. Oh, well yeah. done. She was feeling all of, like, I'm just saying that was a curved one, too. That was going right up into the tonsils. Go, girl. You go. Yeah. I was there for it. lady. (laughs) Look, all I'm saying is if there was a sword swallowing class, you know what? I'd want her as my partner. I have a friend who is a sword swallower. Ooh, that sounds fun. When I I met her and I said this to her, I'm like, you could teach me something about blowjobs. She's like, we're going to get along. That is how we became friends. (laughs) So beautiful. Yep. Next scene, so we have Ray Stance. He's played by Alec Knight. He comes barging in, tells Peter there's been a disturbance at the New York Central Library. He barges in while they're having sex still. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was the other part where he he barges in and then doesn't really acknowledge the fact that she's like blowing him when when he walks in. I mean, clearly this has happened so many times before. It must not face him anymore. It really ties into the character thing that Bill Murray fucks. (laughs) It's... It seems apt. And I mean, if you're a Ghostbuster, why wouldn't you be getting some some dick sucking? 
Why not? I mean, they're celebrities. Oh, well, I guess this is in the universe. It's pre-celebrity. This is just when they were basically ghost garbage men. They were the ghost janitors. Yeah. That's nice. That's that's what they were described as by the producer-writer team, I believe, before the movie came out. It was basically ghost janitors. To not know that. Uh, well, apparently, uh, Stan tells uh, Peter that 10 people witnessed a free-forming, full-frontal nude apparition that blew books off the shelves and nearly blew every guy in the place. They had to go check it out. Of course. I mean, why wouldn't you, I guess? It's a code red. A code head. There it is. What if there was <laughs> what if there was still blowing left to give out? That could that could blow. Did he I I I did he finish in that scene? Because it felt like they were in the middle of it and then he was just like, oh, gotta go. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he finished. He okay. I think so. Like I'm 70% sure about that. I I, I never re- I never remembered there not being a... Yeah, yeah. I don't remember there... It would be weird if there wasn't, I think. Yeah. I don't remember it is my whole thing. I, yeah. We're going to go back and fact check if there was a cum shot in this scene, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very careful about our porn. We need to fact check our, our cum shots. God, what, what has my life become? And then we never see Lily LeBeau again. This is, that's the end of her involvement with... with uh... Which is unfortunate because she was... Her talent, the talent she brought to the screen were lovely. Just wanted to say. But then we meet Egon Spegler, who's played by James Dean. He's checking the place out with his triple X meter, which fun fact, it actually, they used Mattel's PKE meter prop repli- replica oh for extra God. authenticity. <laughs> did they have to get, per- I wonder if they had to get permission for that. The entire like, time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, how are they not getting sued? Because like in it's other, so close. in other porn parodies I've watched, it's like kind of like kids bop where it's just like the same song but just like the royalty free version of it so the fact they were using like Venkman like the name Venkman and the and the you know and at one point it seemed like they showed the the Ghostbusters logo like unadulterated that wasn't no in the middle of the film it was really really close at the end it was a naked woman with at the end it was naked but in the middle of it it it's just like it was just the ghost it was actually there were some slight differences but it was super close interesting oh, man. i wonder if the names were changed like with one letter or something like that it's there's also. a certain like percentage change it has to be off and it has to be very clear that it's satire like the rules are nuts on all of this so yeah you would think they'd be shouting trademark like in harry potter and the sorcerer's balls god that was that one was amazing we laughed so hard Fag um, Hagrid. Sorry, that was that was for, Hagrid. Wow. That was uh, that That's was so a character's fun. name. Jeez, so. it was. Don't write us hate mail about that. Stop writing hate mail. It's, wait, are um, we getting more hate mail? For, have we got? No, we're not. For, no, because I'm our, just hoping. No, I'm just hoping if I say it more often, we will get more often. I just want people writing to us. Um, <laughs> we're, we want to do we we want to do an advice mailbag segment. We'll get there one day. We'll get there. Then the men are encounter a ghost librarian who's played by Alexis Texas. They think she's harmless until she appears to kick Peter in the balls. And actually, if you watch the behind the scenes footage, she punches him in the balls. But it's so poorly edited, it appears to be a kick. So they, instead of saying get her, they all yell fuck her. Then it's, you know, race dance and the ghost librarian have a scene together. And what an abrupt sex scene. Yeah, it was like we're hunting through libraries. We're doing the Ghostbusters scene. We're doing doing ghosty things. Fucking. I will say that there that that was like a common trait throughout a couple of the scenes was like 
I thought there would be more buildup, but it was really much just them going straight. <laughs> literally, that scene, the, the the scene that leads to this ghost sex scene, is literally just them being like, oh, she punched him. Go have sex with her. And like, you know, and then he just has sex with her like immediately. I mean, you normally don't fuck something that's normally violent towards you. Like, well, well, maybe that's kind of like in, in uh, elementary school when they say if a boy tugs your hair, he's flirting. Look, it's that's how ghosts flirt, I guess. That's nice. That's beautiful. Let's we're going to go with that because it's less bad than there. She, he's fucking her for revenge. That's way nicer. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go with the other direction than that. Well, I will say that she's the more willing participant oh, yeah. in the beginning of this that's by true. far. They push him into it and then she kind of jumps. She on is him. hungry for cock. Maybe they're it's I've wondered if goes fuck in the afterlife and maybe maybe the women want it and there's just it it's it's just not working i don't know i assume that ghosts do have a lot of sex and the only reason why is because nursing homes are are have sex too much sex problems that's yeah. like the problem with nursing homes and then what's the next step after nursing home spooky ghost, ghost. so i assume that they take that into the afterlife yeah they're banging yeah ghosts are fucking and apparently they're they're hungry for some human cock too you go, ghost lady. You go. Maybe that's all a wet dream really is. It's a ghost fucking you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's oh. the in the oh. Ghostbusters itself. There is that scene. I like where... it, which they didn't have in the porn parody. What the fuck? I thought that. Okay. I will say that's my one point of contention. I expected that scene to be there. Maybe it was left on the cutting room floor for uh, maybe that. Oh, maybe that was where they ran into trademark issues. Possibly. Oh, I'm sure that was one. <laughs> Who knows? I'm I'm trying to find a reason, and that makes me sad. But then we go right from the library to the apartment building where we meet the two residents, Dana Bartlett, uh, played by Reeven Alexis, and Louis Tully, played by Jared. Is it Bartlett or is it Barrett? Barrett. It was Barrett. Barrett. Okay, so that's the thing. Her name was Dana Barrett in the yeah, movie. They just so grabbed it. it. They just took the name. I was, yeah. Like the other ones, they I think they changed the spellings at least a little bit in the credits uh, for some of them. Uh, this no. is how this is how big of an, of, of of in my head of uh, a violation it was. I think they would have gotten sued less if they just called her Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm watching that, all I'm thinking is like, how? Are, there's no way they're getting away with this. But I guess they did. It's, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but she really did, like they got a, a really good Sigourney Weaver stand in by the way they had her made mm. up. Yeah. So she was gorgeous oh, first yeah. off and she looked like honestly young Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. yeah. She did. But then again, most of Sigourney Weaver in that movie was her hair. So, but Lewis ambushes Dana in the hallway as she passes. And he thought she was at the drugstore delivering him the adult videos he ordered, which he plans to play at double speed so he could ejaculate twice as fast. Which is a joke uh, from the from the movie. I th- I'm pretty sure. Oh, sorry, from Ghostbusters, where he had bought like certain music or like talks or something and listened to them double speed. Am I right about that? I could be wrong about I, that. I, I remember right something. Like, it's it seems it seems like a Rick Moranis line. It seemed if it wasn't, that's a, a little bit of a random line to throw in there. It seems Rick Moranisy. I'll go with it. But let's just talk about that for a quick second. You know, breaking down, watching a video at twice the speed to ejaculate twice as fast. Definitely can't do that. You know, you could with the beginning of anal scenes. Yeah, I guess there is that two-hour prep you could definitely <laughs> skip. <through. laughs> I'm just saying. I was trying to find any way that was possible. It's like, It well, would be the- funny if all anal sex, like, porn scenes did involve two hours of prep that you had to watch. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think you would appreciate it so much more. You have to watch the night before when the woman goes on a fast and then she takes a laxative to make sure everything's cleaned out. And then she has to get five bottles full of enema solution. And then it has to be inspected just to make sure. And then they check every hour. And then you have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is just my guess. I haven't asked anyone. But when I was talking to someone the other day who was telling me, yeah, my clients, when uh, they're prepping for an anal scene, don't eat for 24 hours and they, you know, snack on gummies, you know, so that way they can, you know, have something as a go between. Well, that's nice. Gummies, uh, an, the official food of anal. Are they sugar free gummies to help? I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, no, because the sugar-free gummies have that thing. Yeah. That famous thing. I learned that the first, like, back in, like, early 2000s, the first time keto was a thing, when we called it Atkins, we were were the OG keto. Uh, I learned the hard way when they were like, yeah, these have no carbs. Oh... Oh, they have something in them, though. It's not covered good. in Alestra. It's an easy. It's it's an evil ghost. Yeah, Alestra, the anal leakage chips. So let's get back to anal things. So, which this movie didn't have, but sorry, spoiler alert, we're the worst. But apart at entering her apartment, uh, the Buster's commercial is playing, you know, on the television set. And rather than, it's funny they don't call themselves Ghostbusters in the commercial. They. Call themselves Busters. Busters, we're ready to believe you. (laughs) Um, Although I kind of loved some of the lines. Are you troubled by strange noises in your bedroom? Do you feel like you're being watched while you masturbate? Have you or anyone in your family ever been touched or funneled inappropriately by a banshee, incubus, or succubus? If the answer is yes, then don't dick around. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Busters, we're ready to believe you. I just think it'd be funny to have a, a funeral home uh, and do the same like commercial, but end with a "We're ready to bereave you." Oh jeez! Oh my god! So speaking of funeral homes, um, so someone sent me the other day. I'm scared where you're going with this already. <laughs> funeral home porn. Whew. No. <laughs> Close. It's a little cold in here. Where are you going with this, honey? Some, someone sent me a 2008-2007 calendar of morticians. They did it like a, a, you know, one of those calendars where they're they're sexy and they're shirtless. Yeah. Mortician sexy. Are there hot morticians? Apparently there are hot morticians, but it's hysterical because they're like leaning against caskets and gravestones. There is one who runs this really great uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I I forget her name off the top of my head, but she's I think it's just ask a mortician. And yeah, she's that's that's all I got for you. But I don't know if she's on that calendar or not. I would I don't I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything from a mortician. I would like that entire process to be a complete mystery. Thank you very much. If you're a mortician and you've participated in a sexy calendar spread embracing your being a mortician, write to us at info at twogirlswinemike.com. Or if you're aware of mortician porn, just, you know the email address. We said it already. Send it in. If it's necrophilia, we really don't want it. No, no, don't send it in. That's that's a hard no. Hard pass. Hard pass. Soft pass because we've gone limp. <laughs> Oh, although fun fact. So when I'm in L.A. in a couple of weeks, I rented a place that has a vampire theme and they definitely have a casket as like the table out in the living room. Oh, like in Rocky Horror. Yeah. And I'm wondering how many people have fucked on that casket. Millions. Just bring in a, a black light. Just just do it. Just do it. I dare you. Bring it in and post 
pictures to Patreon. Oh my God, I'll so do that. And bring, obviously post pictures so that nobody knows like identifying features of the house, but still, I want to know. I need to know this now. <laughs> oh, that's going to be covered in so much semen. What just happened? <laughs> she didn't move for long enough, so the light went out. Alice is very good at sitting still for a long time. Maybe she's a vampire. Uh, and she's going to go have sex on a coffin, which makes me just think that you're right. Now now we know she's really a vampire. Who hasn't had sex on a coffin? That's like... That's one thing that I haven't done yet. Ooh. Somehow, it's, you know, it's, I've checked a lot of things off the list. It's... I feel like fucking on top of something that dead people are going to be buried in eventually. I It just doesn't... It doesn't get my rocks off. Like, I, I'm sure if the opportunity arose, like, I wouldn't say no. But... It's not like, I'm trying to make this happen. That's nice. <laughs> well, what if it was an unused coffin? Like, it would never be used for, like, burying someone in. Oh, it's just, you know, it's it's a showroom floor coffin. <laughs> yeah, kind of like... Kind of like the stem cells they want to use. Like they're just, they're around. Sure, why not? Just, you know, make sure there's a pillow so I don't bang my head too hard. That's all I want. Or, you know. I mean, I'm not saying you should fuck someone in, while in the coffin. I mean, it would make it more interesting. Yeah, I but... feel like if, if you're having sex with a coffin involved, you got to go into the coffin. I mean, how spacious is the coffin? I, it depends on the size of the coffin you get. I mean, if you get a coffin for anti-vaxxers children, it's very small. Aww, that's <laughs> beautiful. That's an adorable little coffin. I'm, I'm such a, I'm a kind person, aren't I? I have this joke about how uh, when I, so I had cancer when I was younger, uh, like when I was 10, I'm fine now, but when I had cancer, like a bunch of my friends had cancer. So they're a bunch of little kids who uh, I knew people that had died. There were kids. So I ended up going to a couple of like child funerals and like oh, child Jesus. funerals are as bad as you really think they are. You know, they're just like, eulogies are heartbreaking. The families are, are sad and everything like that. But there is one very funny thing about every child funeral that I've been to. And that's that when you're a kid, if you're like 10 years old, you don't have any like real deep likes or interests or anything like that. And dads, you know, they don't know their kids that well. Oh and they don't pick up on like the subtleties of life. Anytime I've seen a dad give a eulogy for their kid, it's been like seven minutes of prepared material. And then like three minutes of like vamping to the point where the end of it, they're just like, he died doing what he loved. Something with robots or something. I, you know, like, I know that if I had died when I was a kid, my mother's eulogy for me would have been heartbreaking. But my dad's eulogy for me would have just been like, Anton like the Rangers and uh, uh, Legos. Oh and how much time do I have left? Uh, oh, my God. Thank you. Tip your waitresses. Good night. He'll be missed by his friends. Josh, Isaac, Murray. And Phil's son. Isn't there, aren't there a couple of Mikes in there, too? He had Mike friends, right? Everyone has Mikes. Who's the one that hit the car door too hard? He will miss him most of all. Like and that. the one who was always out biking too late. That guy. Yeah. If you eulogize yourself as your as your dad, if you eulogize like your 10-year-old self, you will cry for like half a minute and then oh laugh God. for four years. <laughs> it's, no, the problem is I'm 35 and I know exactly how my father would eulogize me. He doesn't know me at all. Hasn't seen me since I was 17 and has been stalking me on and off since then. It would be. Yeah, a, nice. It would. Yeah, he's he's fun. So back to the porn. Missing story alert. The Ghostbusters. We don't see the whole transaction of them buying the firehouse, which I actually pass by that. The original Ghostbusters firehouse all the time. Yeah, it's right by the uh, Holland Tunnel entrance. It's like in that same area. I've seen it. 
It was closed down for a little bit. I think they just reopened it also. Next, we see Dana go into the kitchen to put away her groceries. And we expect for her when she puts down the carton of eggs for the eggs to start falling out and frying. What I kind of love, though, is this little twist where we see her put down a package of hot dogs and the hot dogs start flying at the package towards her. So a little foreshadowing, I think. It feels like a lot of this was like just literally like what was the porn version of the Ghostbusters scene? It's like how can we take this and add penis to it? Hot dogs. Yeah, that (laughs) and hot dogs is the. I mean, she still opens the fridge. You know, Zool. We see that whole scene, but like which once again when they used Zool. I was like, how are they using Zool? <laughs> I thought it's, I, I, I mean, at first I was like, maybe they'll say Zod and jokingly rip off another franchise, but like, no, Zool. Yeah. There is no Zeta, only Zool. Like, they just went for it. <laughs> she, slams the, the, she slams the fridge and then uh, we see the Ghostbusters headquarters. So, of course, we see, you know, Egon is under uh, Janine's desk, not fixing her uh, computer, but I guess pleasuring her, which I, I... Fixing her need for an orgasm. Fixing something. Or, you know what? The guy can multitask. He could... Why not both? It's he. You know, you one hand, one hand digitally managing her, one hand fixing the circuitry, whatever you got to do. He's a Columbia grad. I mean, like, he can do uh, fix a computer and a lady at the same time. Wait, Columbia grad, James Dean or Egon? Oh, all of them. And Harold Ramis. Okay. (laughs) But then, you know, we have uh, Dana comes in looking for help. And Peter, who's been sleeping in the background, promptly springs to assist her. And later that night, they get, you know, a call. Janine hits the alarm. The guy suit up. A couple of comedy bits uh, are thrown in as Ray looks at his hands uh, through his ecto goggles. And then they get into their ectomobile, which is now the erectomobile with uh, the plate Erector One. Get it? You guys get mm-hmm. it? There's there because huh? they have because they have a re- oh. yeah. The jokes suck when we explain uh, them. Uh, that's huh. nice. <laughs> and then they pull up to an authentic looking CGI, like a Chateau de Braun. You know, one of one of the director Axel Braun's many probably financial endeavors, and they actually use the same entrance as a Biltmore Hotel in LA. So they did their homework, I guess. I like that they, they went the extra effort to tie them in together. That's always nice. This was not, this This was, they went to make this into a real movie, not just, hey, here's something to jerk off to. It's a movie plus material to jerk off to. Beautiful. Of course, you know, Ray's worried that they haven't completely tested their equipment. And, you know, of course, Peter says we're wearing an unlicensed nuclear power plasma assisted accelerator on our back, which is ribbed for her pleasure. I don't know why all condoms aren't ribbed for her pleasure. Like, what does it make a difference if you're a guy? I don't remember. It's I'm not sure if I've ever even tried one that's ribbed for that's quote ribbed for her pleasure. How I'm not sure how much difference it makes. Does it? Alice, have you tried such a thing? It's mm, I haven't really noticed i'm focusing on a lot of things interesting but whilst one is is in the middle look all i'm saying is that i have the attention span of like a fish so i'm sorry a a lot's going on i just maybe don't notice i'm sorry yeah i have a theory that people don't actually notice the rib for your pleasure thing because of the number of people who don't notice when a condom breaks Ah. So I think there's not that much of a... That is my theory. If you notice a giant difference from one to the other, write us. I want to know. That'd be crazy if the only way to really make like ribbed for her pleasure like effective would be to make it so thick that you would lose all sensation. Yeah. I don't know. Which would... Defeat the purpose a little bit? I mean, we did 
talk in our Patreon content about um, some other things you could do down there, like stra- strap a camera, because that's what we talk about on Patreon content, which is a GoPro for your dick. Or God selfie. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. There it is. That's where we are in I'm our man, life. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Of course, they split up. Peter sees an anatomically correct Slimer. We always needed to know what Slimer's dick looked like. That's something I've been waiting for since the 80s. This is where the budget of the film showed a little bit because they couldn't really do like any like, you know, CGI with it. So it literally was just the Slimer jerking off for a while for like a long time. You know what? It fulfilled the uh the it was the means to the end for that scene cuz the what 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 was the point of that scene? The point of that scene was for somebody to get slimed. Did you guys happen to watch a behind the scenes footage of the slot of the making of the slime? Yes. I watched a bunch yeah. of it. I didn't watch all. Yeah, of it. I loved Evan Stone yelling at the director being like, "No, do you want the shot? I will give you the shot. You need to I would pour this on me and then you you have to start already ro- ro- rolling. They needed the rolling. And he was he was very specific about this because he wanted the camera to catch all the gloop as it was coming straight from the top of his head. He's like, no, if you start rolling afterwards, it's going to be over me. And you only have a certain amount of time to get the stuff before it's on the floor. It's like a Francis Ford Coppola of jizz. <laughs> <laughs> of green ghost jizz. Let's be specific. I know someone made a comment of like, now he understands what his co-stars go through. But let's be honest, he's never been on the receiving end of Peter North. And that's more of like what it it looked like. I mean, he had protective gear, too. It's not like I'm going into like a cum shot wearing goggles at any point in time, unless it's lab pornography. That's different. I require all the women I hook up with wear a hazmat suit. (laughs) But for different reasons, right? It's because I'm really into the minions. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, is there minion porn? Oh, I know you found your next episode. No, no. Let the minions be sacred. Too late. It's happening. There, there has to. There's Bowsette porn. There has to be minion porn. Banana. Oh, God. Okay. They go on. They try, you know, they capture Slimer. And what I like is the line is thrown in about not crossing the streams. But of course, they question why don't cross the streams. And Egon responds with, well, you know, fear of public urinals, I guess. We finally get a, a straight dick joke out of that. Thank you. It's been a long time. It took coming. a while. Now, we miss a whole, they cut out the entire plot with the EPA, which there's no chance for a Mr. Pecker in a Ghostbusters porn parody. Really? I, I feel like that was that was a missed opportunity, but we don't know what was left on the cutting room floor. We don't know if there were lines in there for him, at least to make fun of the guy that that just they couldn't somehow. Maybe it was cut for time. Maybe. But then after the hotel bust, we uh, end up seeing Peter visiting a possessed Dana for their date. You know, we don't know why she's possessed, who Zul is or why Peter's even there for the date. But it, it's all there. And they go, you know, through the back and forth of the sexually charged dialogue of like, you know, is Dana in there? There is no Dana, only Zul. These are some of the services I can provide. You're welcome, Moore. I'm sorry. That's incredible. It's uh, I felt like I was there. I got. I got a little hot. It's you're welcome. I'll I'll speak Doctor Claw to you anytime you need an orgasm, baby. I, I mean, it's it's getting harder and harder. So I might need you sooner rather than later. It's eventually. It's like all right, stick a sparkler in my ass. We need a juggler, two chainsaws, a birthday cake. That's some Fourth of July you got planned. That said, the the sex scene. I I feel like. 
was probably for me i just felt there was no chemistry something about her being possessed yeah. made me in my head be like i don't know if i'm into this element it's, it's zool that is asking for the fucking not zayna and even though it looks like this person who the actor is having a good time it it, mm, it seems weird i wish they used zool's voice while she was getting screwed yeah, yeah. <laughs> again i like they did a great overlay of zool's voice but like to like Eva, can you talk dirty as well? For me, oh, at baby, least. I want you to fuck me harder. Oh, yeah, but stick it in me. Stick it so deep. You're making me so wet. So now you guys know Incredible. exactly how uh, fucking at my house goes. My husband's a lucky man. How do you get all of this? Now, I do have one voice that Alice hates. No! <laughs> I won't. No, I gotta hear it. It's, I, I do an Elmo voice, and I won't do it right now. Thank but you. It's a, Yeah, it's a, a, and, and it's the same kind of vocal part of your, you know, voice box as... Uh, as Is it the woodchuck? Yeah, it's similar to Stitch and the woodchuck. But it's a little higher... Um, it's sorry. I have to. I'm signing sorry, off. Sorry, I did. That was that wasn't quite it. It's a little higher and a little raspier. So once you kind of get into that rasp spot, like it's okay. But I have to like warm up to it a bit. But the first time I did Elmo, my husband looked at me like, "What the fuck just came out of my wife's face?" Like it's <laughs> it's one of the weirder ones. It really throws people off. So moving on. So after sex, Peter calls up Egon, who's in a firehouse with Janine Lewis. And again, no explanation for why Lewis is wearing a colander with wires on his head. People who pray to the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster must have been fucking jerking off to this one. I'm just saying. See, this was another issue that this scene was another one where I was like, I don't know if I like this. The fact that uh, uh, what's his face with the helmet has sex. Yeah, with- he just kind of was. He just kind of popped into it. Janine doesn't ha- like hook up with Lewis until Ghostbusters 2. What? Yes. This is a continuity problem. At that point, like for lack of a, I don't know how else to say it except for the fact that it, the guy who's playing Lewis doesn't have all his cards. Yeah. yeah no, the, the, uh, Lewis at that moment doesn't have all his cards. So it very much felt like uh, that. Uh, what's his name? That the two of them were having sex. Then also like some other, you know. This person came in and threw a dick in there too to help. So yeah, so it was a threesome scene. But before we go to that, uh, just the line was interesting. You know, Zul the Insatiable will come on one of the pre-chosen forms during the erection of Bukakis. Zul choose to come on a very large movie slorb on the day I can tell you. And then Janine says in her like Long Island voice, which I really hope I hear Yvette's. Mama wants some slob ejaculate on a coochie right now. Well, that was every accent I grew up with. So. You're welcome, <laughs> or I'm sorry. I felt it was weird because, I, you know, when you saw Janine fucking both Spangler and Lewis, like you thought that he was going to take like the colander and like chin strap off at some point. No, the entire time he's wearing a colander and a chin strap while participating in a threesome. As I said, if you want to get POV porn you get a helmet on and you put a gopro on it maybe he was just doing a test run for that i'm i'm trying to find excuses for this behavior and i'm coming up short maybe he is just a misunderstood genius and this is like enhancing his brain waves or i I don't know that was a colander on I just, his head. I mean, out of all the tools that you could fuck with in a kitchen, I just, again, I would have assumed he would rip it off at some point. Maybe that's dedication to getting those numbers read right, you know? <laughs> Maybe he was uh, giving a different, like, oh, if my brain's like this when I'm not having sex, imagine. Uh, yeah. I got, I got nothing. It's just more proof that porn does not understand real life sex. We will not fuck you with a colander on your head. Or we will. 
I don't know. If you play the guitar well enough or tell a joke well enough, we we might. I mean, I think that's what men believe. That's the hope of all of all. That's why you get into comedy is hoping that you thought you think of something so funny. Someone's like, yeah, I'd have sex with you. I'll overcome the personality. To the temple rooftop we go. And suddenly black Ghostbuster shows up, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and, they, and they do make a joke out of that, which is fantastic. But I don't, yeah, well, I won't say in the movie he doesn't uh, he didn't. There's no place where in the movie he would have shown up before this point based on the scenes that they decided to to show. Yeah, they literally in the in the porn say, who the fuck are you? And then they see like the Ghostbuster logo on his jumpsuit and they're like, oh, it, it's okay, he's here with us. Fine, it's, it's cool. We needed this guy. He's our Ghostbuster now. But Gozer appears in all her topless glory and she looks awesome. You know, who knew Sumerian gods could be so hot? Semi-covered in mesh and bubbles. She's dressed a little bit like Lady Gaga. I could... I can go for that. And Gozer, her demands are is she wants a 13-inch cock, and she asks if anybody has one, and then she wants the Ghostbusters to choose a form. So they basically think of nothing, and then one of them thinks of his mom. Because it's supposed to be a form that's not scary, and then she's walking through the city as, like, you know, size of the Marshmallow Man, only a very sexy woman because apparently his mom's sexy i honestly thought that uh, that the stay puff marshall man was gonna get fucked okay. I, <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> or we were gonna find out whoever the stay puff marshmallow man was, was actually in a suit and it was gonna be you know woman inside to be fucked just because somehow it was gonna be another woman getting fucked yeah. well i thought what was gonna happen was that the mom once the mom laid down then the stay puff marshmallow one was gonna come and then they would do it <laughs> Oh, that would have been so good. You know, the mom is as tall as buildings in this scene. So at the, so the question was, how are they going to have sex with someone that's as big as buildings? Boom, stay puff marshmallow man. I just, I thought they were just going to stand up like one stacked on top of the other and just, you know, tire man into there. Just, just dunk them like in. Like a bunch of kids trying to buy a movie ticket to an R-rated <laughs> movie. <laughs> Like, which season of BoJack Horseman was that? You're actually three kids stacked on top of each other. But apparently it was not that. I was hoping at least there would be, a, like, a woman who, dre- who basically didn't have any clothes on it and just had maybe, like, the mask or a head of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Something could... You know what? Maybe maybe that's one thing they couldn't use. I have no that's idea. That's on the cutting report. <laughs> it's, we it's, we're making excuses for you guys at this point, but we're just going to go with fine trademark. Yeah, that was where the lawyers stepped in. <laughs> you could use all the character names, but how dare you use Safe Huff Marshmallow. Actually, one of the things that I had um, another problem with was she was demanding a 13-inch cock, and yet I was doing some Googling on the actor, and... If first off, it didn't seem like it was thirteen inch. There's only one thirteen inch cock on the planet, like, it's, and it's the guy with the biggest cock. Yeah, and I was looking, and I was like, I can't find the statistics on this guy guy's dick, which was a little troubling to me for two reasons. Number one, I was looking for the stats on a guy's dick, and number two, that it wasn't available for a porn star. And I feel like next to like height, that's what I need. Like, and age, I don't know. Like, how is there not an IMDb of porn stars that has this information for everybody internet adult movie database we need this is a thing that could be started i'm shocked that it's not already a thing blown away some someone has to go well then we have to make up a defined system of measurement do you measure from the top or from the base or do you measure from the side see that's what i've always asked i don't know can we settle this right now write into us and tell us how the fuck you measure your penis
Info at twogirlswomemike.com. Got to times it by the y'all. Uh. <laughs> Have to do it by the light of the full yeah. moon after drinking the tears of your enemies. The only, that's the only time I'm fully erect. During a full moon, drinking the tears of my enemies. Every other time, it's really hard. Okay. And also, has no lines in the entire movie, and they're just like, you go. And then he just goes. And he, so the mom, okay, so the way that they fix this is that the mom, they shrink down to human size. There's like a flash, like magic happens. And then she has sex with the black uh, Ghostbuster. But Winston, you can't. It's my mom. And he's like, actually, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. He needs to save the city somehow. But again, I felt like another missed opportunity. They shouldn't have had just her and him. I mean, all it, this should have been, in my opinion, a gangbang because it's all about, like, you know, crossing the, the streams. streams. Yeah, yeah. it would have been a perfect opportunity for every... Because every single scene... Or, crossing the creams. Uh, uh, almost, almost every single scene of this was a one-on-one. There was one that was kind of a threesome, but, like, we didn't have a lot of multiple people or, you know, more than two people at once action in this. They were all Overriding. there... Could have been a little bit of a Care Bear stare action. Come on. There's no. There was also never more than one woman in a scene. It was always one woman. And we could have had Dana there too, or Zul, whatever the fuck she's going by today. And Janine, because she needs her pussy waxed, whatever it is. I don't know what she's calling it now. Wait, did the person who played Dana, was she the person that played the mom also or no? No. no. Different no. actress. Okay. Another thing I want to mention is uh, the packaging for this was interesting. They actually, this was a 3D film. So you, if you'd like to see all of this in 3D, well, they've got you covered. <laughs> this must have been, this was like 2011, right? Yeah, 2011. And what was really cool is the cover art for this DVD is actually the same as the Ghostbusters, the video game cover art. So like if you put them side by oh side, it's exactly the same how did they not get sued here's my theory maybe the guys who made and produced ghostbusters just said fuck it it's funny i doubt it i fucking doubt it but why not i i if anybody it would have been like harold ramus who was like eh, like who was and i mean you need to it's generally the producers of it that are the ones that are going to you know shake their fists like not the not the actors and writers but it's like if the producers go oh whatever it's funny you're free and clear. It's not like an automatic thing that they're going to sue you for use of the names, but why not? There's no way that like all of the Ghostbusters haven't seen. This <laughs> oh yeah, there's no way. If, it's if I found out that there was a porn version of something I did, like I'd be like, oh, I'm all over that because that's somebody that's supposed to be me that's better looking and better at fucking than me doing the me thing. I gotta watch. I, that. I can't say who this is, but there's a sketch comedy group that I'm friends with that like has like some acclaim, and someone did a bunch of porn parodies off of that sketch group. So they contacted the person. They're like, "Listen, if you're gonna do this, let us help write it too. We want to be in it." That's amazing, so. Yvette. Maybe one day we'll be so popular. Someone does a porn parody on our podcast. It's. Do we get now? We. Who do I want playing? I want Lena Paul playing you. She'd have to have blonder hair, but I'm down for that. I've seen a couple actresses who have similar looks. Oh, God, but their names are blanking on me. Actually, if you know what porn star I look like, I guess write in to info at twogirlswonemike.com. You could see what we look like at twogirlswonemike.com. Yeah, it has our photos. So tell me, what porn stars do we look like? Who should be playing us in our porn parody? 
Also, what regular stars do we look like? You know, I'm just curious who we look like. Pretend that I'm pretty enough to be famous. Just go with oh, that. Stop. <laughs> I, look, if I didn't have self-deprecating humor and bad puns, I would be down to only 5% actual cleverness. Let me have this. Yvette, actually, someone who's asexual wrote to us and said the reason they listen to us is because we're pretty, which doesn't make any sense because I guess we have voices or faces for podcasting you know what i think and here's the thing i think this uh denotes a what could be deemed a misunderstanding in asexuality there's kind of a spectrum of it between not having any uh sexual urges whatsoever uh and not even seeing people attract and they're like people who are quote asexual you know can have orgasms but it's like there are you know and so in some cases want them and some you know sometimes want partners and can have romantic relationships without them being based on sexual attraction so you know maybe they think we're pretty without necessarily wanting to fuck us <laughs> which we appreciate that compliment and they came they came for the dick joke honestly that's a bigger like i would be more taken aback by someone being like hey i don't think anything's hot but you're hot like I'd be into that. That warms the subcockles of my colon. I like that. Thank you. So I have one more fun fact about this porn. So did you guys know that the DVD, actually, the first 8,000 DVD sets had a trading card in them? It was supposed to be 1,000 videos having all eight cards, but there was a screw up. So there were 8,000 videos that had one card. Oops. But yeah. <laughs> What were the what did the cards have on them? I want to get one of those cards. They had now. the porn version of each of the characters playing uh, their roles. So you had the porn version of Peter Vinkman, you know, of Dana, of Janine, of Winston, of Ray. Well, I mean, I just they were taking advantage of the merchandising opportunities with this. Just, it would have been a, a shame if they didn't get in on that. I mean, where are the action figures and the deals to put them all over Taco Bell cups? Yeah, I want to walk into a Taco Bell cantina and to have James Dean's face on my Baja Blast. Are you sure it'd be his face? I think that's going to be his next sex position. The Baja Blast? <laughs> it's, it's when he does... It, it's, I, I, have, I have nothing I'm going at with that. I, I got nothing. I had no, oh, I have no fun All of the flavors at, at Taco Bell sound like they could be roller coasters at Six Flags or sex positions. Code Red... Baja Blast. Code red when uh, sex in her period. Uh, Baja Blast. Anal and she gets diarrhea. I'm just saying these are all not good terms. Whoa. <laughs> those are I'm those are my I'm sorry or you're welcome. I once bought a hundred dollars worth of Taco Bell and it is as much food as you think it is. And I witnessed that. It was a lot. It was a heroic thing to do for that party. I feel proud of you. I don't know how else to say this. I feel proud. <laughs> no. I am the type of friend who will buy you for a going away party $100 worth of Taco Bell. That's sweet and dirty. It was a good time. Our friend BJ was having a house cooling party. So whatever, whatever you wanted for the house, you had to bring it for the party. <laughs> oh, has ever someone ever had sex using the nacho cheese from Taco Bell? Oh, I kept kosher for way too long to oh. have that as an option. I'm just, oh, oh. I haven't had lobster. I uh, definitely haven't used cheese for sex. You, uh, that's, you haven't had lobster yet? I never had shellfish. It's, are you, uh, it's how long were you kosher for? I was kosher until I was like 25. Oh, wow. Uh, like full, full, full kosher. Now I still don't eat pork or shellfish. So you, wait, yeah. you haven't had bacon? No. I have had it accidentally. Uh, but I have not had it on purpose. Is this huh. is this by choice at this point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I will never invite you for a Polish dinner because we basically use bacon and pork and everything. 
Well, I assume also just based on the political climate in Poland, uh, Polish dinner is not very welcoming to the Jewish people. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> not really. Half joking. Half joking. You are, you don't seem like an anti-Semite. <laughs> I'm not. I'm definitely not. This podcast would not have worked. I've had to multiple times on this podcast, like, explain, guys, I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm just blonde. She's not just blonde. She's blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and very pale. Like, she she, she looks like she looks like poster child. Ava it's, Braun. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Ava, I think she was actually brunette. I could be wrong, though. What? It's, it's been a... Hitler went out with a brunette? Yeah. It's fucking shocking, I know. That's crappy. Why would you do that? <laughs> His whole thing was that he loved Some blondes. master race. Brunettes could never master peroxide. <laughs> I could be wrong. If it's like I said, fucking fact check me. I could be wrong on this. Ugh, Hitler. <laughs> this is the second time he's let me down. The first time. Well, we all know what the first time was. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get into art school. He didn't get into art. Not, him not getting into art school and then later on marrying a brunette are the two th- issues I well, have with Hitler. I have a theory. If like, because people are like, yeah, if I time everyone time travel, go back and kill baby Hitler. No, get Hitler into art school. Holocaust doesn't happen. And that way you're not a murderer. There it is. Fair enough. And we have more art in the world. Exactly. I saw some of his pictures. Hitler was not a bad little painter. He was really bad at Holocaust. Actually, he was he was a really bad Holocausty person. That was not okay. <laughs> I have this thing where I collect like art or things that have like odd attachments. Uh, and the two recent things I bought were one. Uh, there's a famous basketball card that was taken of someone on the Knicks. And in the background, you can see the Menendez brothers. In the oh card. Oh my god. What? Yeah, That's that was crazy. One thing. And then the second thing was someone recently bought me a bought me, I didn't buy this, was a signed Rachel Dolezal original painting Holy that shit. I currently own. Uh that I have to get I that I have no. to get uh, framed. Oh my yeah. god. It's or whatever her name is now, Nadichi. Is there has is there like a click on her name now? There is she changed it in some capacity. Yeah. That documentary is an intense documentary. Yeah, I, I feel I almost feel bad for her. Like there's something, there's something wrong there. I feel bad for her to an extent. I feel bad for her context. I think that it's her going as far as she did was the, was the bad part. Yeah. But we all have, we all, she has clearly has baggage. Yeah. Like I I just didn't know she was a painter. Yeah. Oh, she is. I want to buy, I have this thing now where I want, I want to buy a George Bush original, like really bad. I was going to say it's her, George Bush, Hitler, all painters. About the only thing they have in common though. Yeah. Can you imagine if there was a gallery based of, of <laughs> artwork like this? <laughs> gallery of artwork from horrible people. Right now at the Met Broyer, there's a conspiracy theory uh, art exhibit that's up. That's like an incredible uh, and the Brit is on like 85th and like third. It's it's remarkable what they do. Alex there. Jones, the next thing we find out is he's been painting this whole time or he was rejected for art from art school. I want to find out that he's actually like a virtuoso or that he's like a t- classically trained opera singer. And we get a, a recording of him and we're like, wow, if only we'd known. Like, they think they were having the same conversation like in like the old commentators. We're like, well, actually, did you know Jesus was was a carpenter as well? That's a, I own a Jesus chair. It's crazy. Well, this man was trying to disrupt our society, but you know what? He was, he did build some pretty furniture. This table's going to last an, an, an eon. It'll last to the age of Aquarius. But honestly, he must have not been that good of a carpenter if his backup plan was just being a messiah. Let's be honest. Yeah. I bet there's a million other like carpenter messiahs who just didn't 
pan out the way that he did. Why do you think he wandered through the desert for all those years? I mean, he didn't have a house that was stable, obviously. So uh, I think we can wrap this up. Amazing. I'm down with wrapping it up on Jesus being a shitty carpenter jokes. (laughs) 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 Exactly where my porn cast was supposed to go today. Ian, where can our fans find you? Yeah, you can find me on at Twitter at AtomTheGoalie, E-I-T-A-N-T-H-E-G-O-A-L-I-E. Facebook and Instagram, you can find me, Atom Levine. Uh, and then also, please give to our GoFundMe for the Hamilton uh, campaign, for your consideration campaign. I'm leaving Los Angeles tomorrow. We got some incredible stuff lined up. You can go to DKS Donuts in L.A. Uh, they're going to be giving the Hamilton nut uh, during the week of the 20th. <laughs> Of the 14th. Is it extra juicy? Is it filled? I will say <laughs> it's going to be a good donut. Okay. <laughs> I don't know exactly what's going into it yet. I do know that it's probably going to be like beer flavored ish. A beer flavored donut? There's going to be some beer flavoring in it. As it is taken from the term camel toe, I was just thinking, you know, wouldn't wouldn't you want one with cream filling? Wouldn't you want a a, a squirter? Oh, there's gonna there is gonna be like a cream. There is a cream. That is what I want. Yeah. I wanted confirmation of that. Don't dis- don't disappoint us. Seriously, man. No, no, no. I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't gonna. And you know what? When Aton Levine makes a Ghostbusters porn, he puts in that scene where they have sex with the ghosts. Okay, <laughs> I don't forget it then, and I'm not gonna give you a Hamilton donut without the appropriate euphemisms involved. Thank you very much, Aton, the hero we need. Thank you. But not the one we asked for. <laughs> no, not, no one wanted this. It's, we None of us were what people asked for. Actually, so Aton, I'm going to see him when I am in Vegas for the AVN Awards. When you're listening to this, it's going to be the same week that uh, we're going to be at AEE and AVNs. So contribute on Patreon because that's the only way you guys are going to get exclusive interviews, footage, like Snapchats from, you know, myself just being a pervert that's going to be really exciting and you could find that at patreon.com slash two girls one mic and we have some new supporters and old to thank as usual aaron mayo james overton matthew green nobelis and d reed chris smart joshua rice mark romer matthew green mr danks nathan dinkley r rich tracy miller and so many more and uh, yeah, if you can't support us that way, that's totally cool. Totally fine. Just tell all your friends, tell your grocery store guy, tell your mom, because she f- has watched porn at some point and probably needs a good laugh. It's she been has. a while. She She's had some issues with your father and she needs a good laugh. That got that got a little too real. I'm just saying. I got very specific. Do you want to talk <laughs> Alice, about something? Like, I mean, do you want to lie down on that couch and, and reveal a few things? Like, we'll listen. So tell us about your childhood, Alice. Tell us. Oh, God. There's so so many unfortunate stories, but we're going to skip them for this episode. <laughs> so, and uh, Yvette, people can find you at Cybabe.com and at the Twitters and at the Instagrams at the Cybabe and at Facebook.com slash Cybabe. Come find me being snarky about science. Wonderful. And you can find me at Rational Blonde on Twitter. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. We will see you at the AVNs and next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.